0: And, and now, you are going to have to let us stay.
1: Blurred Up, Blurred Up. Welcome to the show, where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by a new person
0: janelle it's me (laughs) your boy
1: are you no this is new
0: i don't know you know
1: sure it's 2019 you know hey um you know i just like to
0: introduce myself as your boy
1: blurt up would like to be as inclusive as possible (laughs) um so we have a lot to talk about today we're going to well i'm going to talk about midsummer have you seen this movie
0: no have you heard of it no, I happened to see you post about it this morning. And then I saw a comment going, oh, it's the same directors as Hereditary. And I was like, ooh, saw that, not touching that other movie with the 10-foot pole.
1: So you have seen Hereditary? I have. See, I haven't. So how did you feel about Hereditary?
0: I mean, I hated it. Um, It was kind of like a hate watch for me. Like, can I... Watching it, I can see there was an art to it and it was well done. I'm not a big fan of horror to begin with and, like, it's slow and it's kind of just creepy and you kind of just go, man, these are some crazy-ass white people. So I don't need that to be translated into more films in my life.
1: I completely agree. That's exactly how I feel about this movie. It's like they they just give white people money for anything these days, man. Like, uh, a friend reached out to me to watch this movie and like like I hadn't even heard of it, and then she told me it was this horror movie from the guy who did hereditary and I actually wanted to see hereditary um some of my favorite uh, reviewers like that movie so I was like, okay let's check it out I didn't they told me that I didn't have to see hereditary to appreciate midsummer so I just went into it so I I had the time and uh, I like horror so I was excited to watch this movie uh and a lot of horror these days have kind of disappointed me there's been really anything new that's i really liked but yeah i went yesterday and jesus christ uh as you said uh i think they should just have like midsummer colon white nonsense
0: yeah i feel like that's 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 that director's niche almost is white nonsense it's white nonsense. it's his own genre now he's like i understand what the people want it's my type of nonsense because also i don't know if midsummer is slow because hereditary was super slow until everything just started hitting the fan like the last 30 minutes and i was just like what the f- is going on I'm,
1: yeah. I'm gonna get there for sure uh so I'm going to do a, a small review on this and then we'll we'll get into uh stranger things and your take on Spider-Man as well. So Midsummer is a folk horror film by Ari Aster and it's in the vein of The Wicker Man from the 70s, a little bit of Rosemary's Baby a little bit and most recently Get Out in a way. So there's a group of PhD students and they're invited to a tiny remote village in Sweden during midsummer. For a festival that is held every ninety years, uh the midsummer aspect is important. And I'll get to that a little bit later. um there are actually two actors I picked out from Netflix shows. Have you seen the good place I have you know cheaty, oh yeah, he's in this movie uh William Jackson Harper, and have you seen the Black Mirror Bandersnatch episode? No, okay, well, the lead game designer from that episode uh his name is. Will Poulter, he's in this he's in this movie too, but the two main leads are Florence Pugh who plays who plays Danny and Jack Rayner who plays Christian. Jack Reynor kind of looks like a like a Chris Pratt to be honest, like like a like like great value Chris Pratt. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they play a struggling couple on the verge of breakup. And so Christian's friends want him to kind of dump his girlfriend and party with them in Europe. Anyway, like the the movies I I talked about, uh, the students are, you know, they're at ease and they enjoy the people and their surroundings. You know, their guards are down. And it is very slow, as you talked about with Hereditary. But as the film goes on and you learn more about this town's culture, things get more uncomfortable and then straight up horrifying and batshit insane. I want to talk about the positives, though, I don't know how hereditary it was. As you said, you know, you said there were you could you could appreciate the art, right?
0: I could. I can tell that there was a lot of thought put into it. It's just not the kind of thought I want.
1: Yeah. Like many art house movies, you know, the cinematography is great. There are beautiful shots that's and some of them tell a story in themselves. There are some transitions to different scenes that are well done. There are shots that make you curious about what's to happen next. Some things are just barely in view, or glossed by that comeback later in the movie. Was that how hereditary was, or?
0: Yeah, I think he stays with the same style,
1: the same aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Even how the camera moves around kind of adds to the foreshadowing. Uh, It may reward viewers upon repeat watch if you dare, but that's not to say that the film has a lot of surprises. There are some shocks and what happens but because clues are given and in this movie some of them are literally displayed as art around the village itself you know what's coming but that's like the fascinating part it adds to the atmosphere most of this film is in the daytime i looked this up um in the far north of sweden the sun does not set at all in june and there is darkness around the clock in january so in this movie, I think night is only a couple of hours. But even when they sleep, it's daytime outside, essentially. Got it. So I've never seen a horror film where like 95% of the movie takes place in daylight. Um, you know what's coming, but it's like the slow descent into madness. And you can't cover your eyes. Like the sun is literally shining on everything. Everyone in this cult is All smiles almost all the time, even up until the very end. The music, for the most part, stays light and happy, even to the backdrop of the horror and the straight-up gore that comes. Is Hereditary a a gory movie?
0: Actually, no. As you were talking about the light, it made me think about Hereditary. If I can recall this properly, I'm pretty sure the ending scene is also in the light of day. Like, they're in an attic or something. Like, they're in a building, but there's definitely sunlight coming in, which I thought was weird because normally most horror films end in nighttime or are just, you know, in the shadows. Right. So maybe that's just something that is a part of the aesthetic now or there's just a symbolism to horror in daytime.
1: This movie is definitely, and I'm sure Hereditary same. it's very unconventional. Hmm. The first gory scene will definitely shock you. I mean, honestly, there are images from this movie that still haven't left my brain. Like when the movie was over, the only thing I wanted to do was just forget and drink.
0: Got it, yeah. I
1: was just, I was done. I was absolutely done.
0: Are we allowed to drop spoilers? Not about so much this, if I drop a spoiler about Hereditary.
1: Because I have a morbid curiosity to watch Hereditary, I want you to hold off.
0: So it's not so much a spoiler um but yeah Uh-oh. there is a pretty gory scene. Okay. Just to start off with a bang. I mean you're probably not ever going to guess what it is when you do watch it. Sure. So I mean it it's one of those things that make you go "Huh?" and then you kind of just turn away. It's it literally just makes your pit of your stomach drop and it's not like a jump scare. It's just like a, oh god, like you saw it coming. But you're just like, no, that can't be what you're really gonna do right now. Which-
1: that is very much like the first scene in this movie. And what I found even more fascinating as a black person was Chidi, who's like Wesley Snipes black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um before this event happened, they asked, What is this event? Or you know, it's called I forgot the name. It's it's a Swedish name. I can't pronounce it, but as they were about to go to sleep, they're like what's what's happening tomorrow oh this is happening what what is it well you know their their friend who's a part of the village he's like oh i i can't i can't really explain it very well you just have to see it for yourself and they turn to the black guy the the black guy is a phd i think he's an anthropology doctoral student and he is studying this culture and he actually knew what it was and he just looked over over at them and just kind of had a smile like (laughs) i can't tell you so he knew this gore was going to happen. It's part of the scene. It's part of, of the ritual. It's gore. Mm. And even after he saw it and everyone's like freaking out, after they witnessed this gore, he's so cool. Like, uh, you know, they're like, everyone's freaking out, almost vomiting. He's like, you know, they're like at, back at, at their sleeping quarters. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, bruh.
0: What type of black person?
1: What kind of black person are you, dog? Really? there was a brown couple there they weren't black i guess they were maybe of middle eastern descent from from that from that area and as soon as they saw that they were like fuck that they were they were like me
0: i'm like i'm out right i'm out i don't know i'm always kind of weirded out when i see films and they have a black character who almost reacts not like how i feel like a normal black person would um, and I'm just like, what type of person would do that? Or they're like the one who just cosigns a bunch of white nonsense, I would say. And I would just go, who in their right mind would do that? And I'm just like, who directed this?
1: Well, they, they try to take it in the kind of cultural relevance angle. Like, it's not our culture. We're not here to judge. We can't, you know, tell them what to do. Because the gore was pretty much consensual gore.
0: It's cultural, right? I'm not judging. I just honestly don't want to be a part of it. Sure. And I feel like most people would just be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna eat one out of here."
1: <laughs> well, that cup, that brown couple, certainly eat the fuck out.
0: I'm I'm here for them. I support their choices.
1: Well, you say that now. Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't really. Say yeah, that. don't wanna I don't wanna it. spoil
1: nothing. Anyway, I, uh, do I recommend this movie? Because people have asked me this question a bit. Should I see it? At the very least. I can say that this film is challenging. If you're a lover of film itself, uh, cinematography, etc., then sure. I I can't promise you'll like this movie, but you can be a part of the conversation surrounding it and this up-and-coming director because he's certainly unique. You can't take that away from him. If you're a fan of horror, like I said, you have to understand that this is quite unconventional it does not follow standard horror tropes and i didn't know that going into it and i almost walked out the theater halfway through because i was frankly bored i don't know how hereditary is but this is as much a character study as much as it is a horror film uh if not more towards the former it centers around like i said a struggling relationship and how that plays out in the midst of this insane environment uh the director himself described this movie as a a breakup movie dressed in the clothes of a folk horror film
0: wow i don't like any of those genres (laughs) i think i would avoid both like so yeah this is not the movie for me
1: well you are not the only one this movie has an average c plus cinema score Uh, for those who don't know cinema score they are a decades old polling organization that that polls viewers after they come out of a movie so just some recent grades midsummer like i said has a c plus spider-man has an a aladdin also got an a avengers endgame got an a plus child's play got a c plus annabelle comes home a b minus in that book smart movie a B plus where would you rank hereditary what would you give it
0: uh Maybe like a C. Okay. But like I'm saying this from the point I have watched other horror films. And as a person who's not like a big fan of horror and I have appreciated them more than I've appreciated Hereditary. Mm. Like I watched The Perfection. Okay. I really appreciated that. And I was just like, yeah, there's a lot of plot twists. I don't really know what's going on, but it's doing well for just like a random Netflix film.
1: I liked it up until a certain part. I think, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I think after the first twist, I it kind of went downhill for me. But I want to get back to to midsummer a little bit. Yeah. Go so on. the budget is eight million. Uh, right now, the domestic box office is about twelve million as of this recording. I think it'll make its money back and be a mild success. Um, I'm at the very least curious to see what this director does next. You know, we we're talking about white nonsense. It's like he's kind of the opposite or the other side of the coin. There's a guy like Jord- Jordan Peele who's kind of like expressing black issues and putting them out on full display, if not just symbolically. But this guy is on the other side, just just white nonsense. That's his that's his vein.
0: I was thinking that I was like, is he just the opposite, like the anti <laughs> Jordan Peele? <laughs> he's like, I have some nonsense for you. Woo,
1: Bruh, this movie's crazy enter at your own risk so i want to shift gears to spider-man you saw it i did i want to see it again i actually ended up seeing toy story 4 instead and i almost bawled my eyes out have you seen it
0: no don't say anything no, i won't say
1: nothing i really like toy story 4 just really quick uh i really like that movie you know folks have been kind of hesitant because it's it's the fourth movie in a series like you know is there you know some diminishing returns but I think it's just as good as the other ones, if not better than a couple of them.
0: A couple?
1: I mean, I haven't watched them in a long time. I've watched one a lot. I've only watched two once. I really liked it, but I watched it back in middle school. And I watched three once, and I really liked them all. But they're not really movies I I go back to. Like for Pixar, I only go back to, like, The Incredibles or Inside Out, Coco.
0: Oh, Yeah. I'll go back to like Toy Story one. I really enjoyed Toy Story two. Yeah, I yeah I don't really recall Toy Story three, so but I know it was good. Oh, it was great. But I was just like, mm, I don't need to see it again. It's just in the lockbox. I'll come back in like five years. Yeah, we tap that.
1: I um, work at a school, so we often play those movies, but we, we usually play one and three the most for the kids before the, for their moms come pick them up.
0: Yeah, one is on Netflix, right? Yeah. Are they all on Netflix, or is it just one? Not sure. Okay, yeah. Let us know in the comments. I was streaming like one for the kids, and I was just like, "Hmm, I wonder if there's the whole the whole lineup."
1: Yeah, Spider Man. Did you like it?
0: I did. I mean, I must confess. A
1: score. What would you give it?
0: Oh, a plus
1: um, a. Give us your cinema score.
0: I give it an A. Okay. I mean, I'm just now accepting the new Spider-Man. I think this movie is actually what made me accept the new Spider-Man because I'm always like, "Bring back Toby," but uh, <laughs> don't make that face at me. Blurred
1: down, he was like the the man who was like 28 when he was pretending to be a high school student in the okay, first movie. But listen, listen, I'm listening.
0: Like honestly, don't. Okay, don't look at me. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> Toby's forever going to be in my heart. Like that genre or like that time period of movies where everything was just horrible, but it was like, it was enjoyable. It reminds me of my childhood, which is probably why I really liked Venom as well. Cause I was just like, Ooh, this is kind of shitty, but I love it.
1: Okay. At least, at least we can admit that it was shitty. Yes.
0: So yeah, actually Venom reminded me a lot of Spider-Man one. And I was like, wow, this is horrible, but I'm loving every second of it. No one's acting in the same film. This is great. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and even in the new movie, there's like there's some Toby vibes that pop up every now and then, and I just go, hmm.
1: What Toby vibe? Please.
0: Okay. So, is, are spoilers allowed? Um, no. Um,
1: I'll keep yeah. It. I mean, okay. I'll keep it light. It's it's almost past six hundred million dollars, and it's barely been a week. So everyone's seen this movie at this point. So it there will be a spoiler at this point so please keep that in mind okay turn off or well, skip to like 10 minutes later when we'll start talking about stranger things anyway go ahead
0: <laughs> i don't know if this is a spoiler okay. but jake Gyllenhaal's halls character is super dramatic and almost kind of just like um like just being an actor he's not really a villain i feel like he's just a stage manager he's like acting in his own one man play and the dramatics like yeah, how dramatic it was. I was like, wow, this kind of feels like the old Spider Man, though. Hmm. It kind of feels like like if they brought back Toby for a cameo.
1: Have you ever I watched would... the old animated shows with Mysterio in it? Because he's very much that kind of elaborate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, I know he's being true to the comics and the series, which I think is why everyone appreciates him. And I was just like, okay, yeah, it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. I think this Spider Man is probably the most accurate to what spider-man's supposed to be sure so i'm warming up to him i'm accepting him he's I'm... been in
1: what how many movies now <laughs> civil war infinity war endgame <laughs> homecoming he's been in five movies now
0: it took me a while
1: he's been in more movies than Tony mcguire's been in as spider-man
0: i know but Tom McGuire is my childhood
1: i guess like, he's mine too i'm just old you i ain't know? that i ain't that old i'm just in
0: the corner being old i'm just like All right. yeah i don't know.
1: Let me let me just run down some box office numbers for Spider-Man. So its budget was 160 million. From Tuesday, it made 185 million domestic and about 580 worldwide. If we're only looking at the weekend, it collected 93 million dollars. Uh, Homecoming made 117. So it actually, Homecoming outgrossed it as far as weekend, just raw weekend numbers. It's the fourth highest grossing Spider-Man film opening. It's behind Spider-Man Three, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and the original Spider-Man. But like I said, it's already past six hundred million as of this the date of, as of this recording. It has broken some other records. It has grossed the biggest Tuesday ticket sales, best Wednesday gross for a Marvel film, the second Fourth of July sales second second largest fourth of july sales and it is sony's biggest six-day opener of all time
0: Hmm. it's doing pretty well
1: yeah i mean it'll probably pass a billion in two weeks you know it'll it'll join that club in my opinion we'll see i want to talk a little bit about we're talking about mysterio um there were some scenes that got cut out of the film for the sake of time and they're going to be put in the blu-ray release um far from home is one of the shortest running MCU films today. Did you feel that that it was short or long? Did you how did you feel about that?
0: It felt long. I think mainly because it was just so cold in the theater. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I kind of want to go because it's cold, but I'm I'm enjoying this. Um, two hours. That's that's a pretty long run.
1: I forgot. I don't know the exact number. Let me let me try and look up the run the run time here. The running time for Far From Home is two hours and nine minutes.
0: Yeah, it's pretty long.
1: Yeah, I really I like to see the the rank of obviously like Endgame is the longest, followed by Infinity War. I wonder what what is the exact shortest and what that that spectrum.
0: Yeah, I mean I have not seen Endgame, so
1: where have you been?
0: I okay confession, I low key don't care about Marvel.
1: Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> oh God.
0: Like I feel like Spider Man and X Men are like my. My outliers, where I just go, oh yeah, them. Did I'll watch them. Did
1: you watch Dark Phoenix?
0: No, I've heard such horrible things. Yeah, it was terrible. I kind of don't want to see it. I don't want the X Men to be ruined in it, my mind.
1: Oh, it was already ruined. No. No. Apocalypse was terrible.
0: I, I was okay with Apocalypse. Oh, no. Everything they built will fall from the ashes. We'll build <laughs> I mean, a I'm not saying one. it was great. I mean, it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't great, but. I've accepted that it exists, and I could watch it again. Ooh, I wouldn't hate like I wouldn't hate watching it again. I'd be like, all right, yeah, it's on. It's kind of like when they kept playing like X Men Two on like TV. Oh, but where... X Two was great. Yeah, so you just kind of watch it. Like if they were just running Apocalypse on the TV, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm already on the channel. Mine's will stay.
1: No, I'm, I'm running away. I'm running <laughs> away from that channel. Let's get on to Stranger Things unfortunately you haven't seen a lot of it yet so i'm going to just kind of do a i'm going to drop some spoilers into this discussion but Janelle has already said that she's okay with it being spoiled i won't drop too many so we're going to talk about our overall thoughts of the season and then i want to talk about where i think the show could go and we'll talk about maybe even if the show should keep going So a lot of people didn't like season two or at least an episode of season two where Elle deviates from the main story and goes to Chicago and meets up with some other children who have powers too. But I thought it was fine. Um, The Duffer brothers have been pretty cool about expanding their universe one season at a time. And definitely it goes global in this season because they're in Russia now. Russians come to to Hawkins to try to reopen the gate for some reason. One of my kind of complaints is I don't know why they knew about Hawkins. I mean, it, it you it could you could assume, like, because it was such a big deal, maybe it got out in the paper or something, or they have a government mole. But that was kind of weird for me. Um, I think you notice with this season, the budget has increased. Uh, season one had about six million episodes season one had about six million dollars per episode season two had about eight million per episode so season three is probably upwards to about 10 million per episode um for comparison have you watched game of thrones i have okay never watched it but game of thrones had about 15 million dollars per episode all right okay uh what i really dug about this season was the continued portrayal of strong female characters. Um, I really love Joyce from se- the first season, she's still great here. Um, Nancy is working at the newsroom. Did you?
0: Oh, how'd you feel about that? Yeah, I was like, This feels like Mad Men, wow! Like the whole, um, her making a valid suggestion, and he's like, Okay, well, can you solve the mystery of like where's my mustard? I was oh, like, yeah, dude. So get your own fucking he's, mustard he's a, he's a dick i think that's probably pretty accurate for the time period though
1: yeah it it felt at a time over the top uh the main antagonist uh look at his name i remember him from you ever watched that movie his name is jake jake boosie you ever watch uh contact with jodie foster he was the white cult terrorist who like blew up the space station he's been he's been a he's kind of a character actor in a lot of things where he's just kinda of like this crazy bad guy
0: I don't yeah, I know I don't know. I'm not good with names. I would need to see a face
1: that's right he's he's always been kind of this kind of crazy looking villain in on in a number of films but anyway, I thought it was extreme for a while, but I'm not a woman, so I don't know how it feels to be a woman in a room of men, especially in 1985.
0: Right. Yeah. So I Neither can only, I. I
1: can only imagine that that's somewhat accurate, but I liked how her boyfriend, Jonathan didn't know what was going on. And he was, like, Oh, he's, it's not that bad. And he's trying to give give her that pep talk about how it's not going to be so bad through late. Yeah. It's not bad for you, but if it happens to her, she's going to get it worse. And he's just very oblivious to the harassment that Nancy goes through. And at some point it feels like he's almost apathetic or caring more about his job security versus her comfort, and that's something that that men deal with today. Women, or not men, deal with, but men do today to women that you know women deal with. So that resonated for sure. Mm. Um, it was heartwarming to see Elle finally get a female friend and Max. And season one, she was always with the boys, just on a friend level. And then season two was. I'm kind of pining for, for Mike. Hmm. But now this one, it's I'm kind of over over the boys, and I'm just I'm I'm going to I'm going to learn how to be a girl now.
0: Yeah. All right. I haven't gotten that far. But (laughs) it's okay. It's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. But I mean, now I just know she changes herself a bit. Yeah, she definitely has longer hair.
1: Yeah, but I've heard complaints about the show and diminishing returns. But I think the show really gave all the characters new things to do, even if a lot of it was centered around a lot of arguing. You know, uh, Mike and Elle argue, Nancy and uh, Jonathan argue, Joyce and the sheriff argue. There's a lot of arguing around, but a lot of it is about change and getting over things. Um, You see all these couples. Yeah. But Um. you got Will, who was, you know, possessed in season two, He just wants to be a kid and just wants to game and be a a D&D nerd in the basement, but everyone's like, we're growing up. And it's kind of a, a, he kind of represents the audience who want to see these kids stay little kids, but they have to grow
0: up. Yep. I was going to talk about that because I was like, a lot of my friends are like, I don't like seeing them in this weird phase where they're making out on my tv because they, they feel like my children why are they making out on my yeah. tv and i'm like yeah but they're old yeah they're getting there they're getting there i think it's always hard when you watch a show and it's like time for like they're actually growing up with the show yeah. because they change rapidly even between seasons because there is like a big gap and there's like okay they come back they're like at least two feet taller they've right. got acne and you're like who the hell are you you're not the same person i knew in season two so
1: luckily they all kind of look the same it's just l has longer hair but more yeah. or less they're, they're they're pretty much the same
0: yeah it's kind of like they're not their faces aren't changing they're just stretching out
1: i mean dustin still has no teeth yeah right he's adorable he is he's, he's awesome I, I loved him and his relationship with steve at the ice cream store and they were, that was kind of my favorite character dynamic, those two guys together. Just real quick, do you think Susie is real, Dustin's girlfriend?
0: Oh, I mean, I hope she's real, but knowing how this fucking series is, she's probably not real. As he just walks away. Okay. Well, dun, dun, dun,
1: dun. <laughs> no, spoiler, no, Susie is real. And what I liked really about those guys, uh, Susie and Dustin at the end, is. They're just an unabashed nerd couple, and they have a, a musical number together that is hilarious. In the middle of this crazy, intense moment in the show, they're singing The NeverEnding Story theme. Have you ever seen that movie?
0: The NeverEnding Story. I have With, no idea what you're talking about. What? Man, you are young. How, how old are you again? Oh, my God. I'm not that young. I'm 25. Yeah,
1: there's there's a definite difference here. but I want to get back to Ellen Max because it reminded me of when I was a kid Um, there was a scene where they were in the mall and she's trying to get Ellen to try on clothes and find what she likes not what um, her father Hopper likes and what Mike likes is what she likes so they're putting on clothes and taking like little photo shoots and then at one point they're trying on heels together and they fall down in the middle of the shoe store and they're just laughing and the older women are looking down at them snubbing up their nose and it reminded me of when I was a kid we with my homies going through the mall and we were just goofing around and just not giving a fuck what anyone thought of us.
0: Mall culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of miss malls.
1: Uh, I don't know about all that. Maybe. I, I I, like that this show is trying to further normalize nerdism. Uh, you see Steve is still chasing clout trying to act cool outside of high school you know he was like hitting on those ladies when he was just yeah he was bricking
0: i mean that feels pretty accurate to mole culture a hundred percent as a person who's worked in malls i was like yep this is the shit that goes on yeah. it still goes on yeah like um yeah his little side rant about not getting in like thinking about going to college and going, oh i was
1: going to go to P- purdue i was thinking about it but you know i need some some life experience as an ice cream,
0: I cringed yeah, so hard. I was like, "Oh, did. you're crashing and burning!" No, the my favorite scene is him taking off the hat because he's like, "This, this is how I won't strike out. It's the hat." Right, just gotta reveal the hair. I was like,
1: because oh. he's Steve the hair, Steve the hair Harrington. Oh, even further, they're normalizing female blurs through Erica. I know you haven't gotten that far yet, but. From the jump, you see Erica kind of just being sassy. I loved her in season two. She was one of the brightest spots of season two to me, and I really wanted the Duffer brothers to use her more in this season, and Mm -hmm. they definitely do. She's hilarious. She has just such a foul mouth. She has the worst mouth of any character in the show. I mean, we already hear Dustin, and the guys be like, shit, or damn, but she goes all out. I love her so much. A proper sailor. Yes, that's that's a good point, right? They're the ice cream, they're the ice cream uh, chips, chips ahoy, <laughs> yeah. And she's, she she cusses like a sailor, absolutely. She's a
0: proper sailor. <laughs> that's
1: that's a good point. Um, I like that she's also like chasing clout. Steve is kind of an older guy chasing it, and she's a younger ten year old chasing it. But it's revealed that she's really brilliant with with numbers, and she knows a lot about communism and capitalism. And but she still rejects nerd nerdism and puts down her brother and his friends for it. Mm. But as the show goes on, she learns to embrace that, and that's that's really cool. I think that's a great message for uh for black black women out there and black girls black like teens who may be watching this, this show. It's okay to uh, you saw see you see you yesterday. The Spike Lee one more time. See see you yesterday. That Netflix movie about the the two black teenagers who who invented the time machine
0: oh i have not seen that
1: it's pretty cool but the black lead in there the the woman i forgot her name but she's just like erica brilliant but she's still from brooklyn she's still from the streets so she loves hip-hop she she curses but she's just a genius Mm. and i like that they're allowing black women to you know, not just be some, like, Ivy League, uh, like, librarian, nerd person, but, you know, have more dimension to their character. There's
0: more complexity, which yeah. is more accurate to what black women are. A- absolutely. Most people of color and black women and men often have a lot of sides to them. Yeah. And they only present one sides of the coin in the issue that I think there's now somewhat but not really being resolved by hollywood is they're showing oh yes this person can do this but this there are more sides to them they're more interesting than that yeah and they are a more complex character and i'm like well that should have been the thing since the beginning because all humans in a way are kind of complex we're not james bond characters we're not just flat 2d people yeah so i mean kudos to them for showing different sides for to sure a genius black girl Ayo.
1: it is I was watching it, and I really like like these guys are like the Avengers of nerds. You have Dustin is like the engineer nerd the The sister Erica is the numbers and economy nerd. and you have the boys, the rest of the boys are kind of like d and d nerds, especially will he's he when he's dressing up in like nerdy wizard cosplay. and then you have Mac, who is the video game expert, and she actually introduced L to Wonder Woman. In this show, as well as John Stewart's uh, Black Green Lan- Lantern comic book, I thought it was really cool. So everyone mm-hmm. has their kind of has their specialties, and I'm very I'm, cu- I'm curious how they'll develop that further in the next season, or if they even include a new person who has another aspect of nerdism to explore. I really liked you haven't gotten this far, but there's an episode called the sauna Test, and I believe that's episode three or four, and it's when L finally fights billy the lifeguard got it and you haven't seen dark phoenix but there's just a difference between how sophie turner's gene gray and michael fassbender are kind of yelling at each other to like overpower each other with their invisible powers versus l trying to fight billy and there's just so much more emotion and stakes and tension i really enjoyed how that scene was shot i my jaw dropped at the conclusion of that of that that battle and I want to go into some of the movie references and how they watch movies in, in the show and mm-hmm. then how the Duffer Brothers, the creators, actually put elements of this show into, I'm sorry. Elements how of the, the Duffer movie? Brothers, yeah, how the Duffer Brothers take elements of the movie and put it into the show. So in season two, the big movie was Ghostbusters, one of my all-time favorite films. Um, Will is possessed by the Mind Flayer, similar to Sigourney Weaver's Dana, in the Ghostbusters, and they have to find a way to get the spirit out. In season three, the first movie they watch was Day of the Dead. Mm -hmm. They, they, They sneak back through the mall to go see Day of the Dead. There was a single zombie in that movie who was starting to remember some parts of its human life and actually do basic skills. And at the end of the movie, it helps stop the bad guy. So, spoiler, in this season... Billy gets infected by the mind flare and he's struggling to stay human throughout the show. There's a scene where L kind of goes into his mind to like see what's going on and all that kind of comes out in the final episode. Not to mention most of day of the dead is spent in an underground military installation and they discover that in Hawkins. So yeah, I really enjoy that the show makes slight references without being a total slave to them and becoming predictable. And I was talking about normalizing blurtism, and I like how this show also further normalizes being queer. Robin, the the ice cream girl, mm-hmm. is, I, is a crazy twist. I thought that surely her and Steve are gonna, you know, become a couple in the end. You know, she's she even talks about how she used to. Pining over it or obsessed with steve in high school but now that they graduated she's kind of like 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 the boss over him giving him shit but as a twist she was only obsessed with him because another girl was looking at him all the time Ooh, yeah interesting i thought it was really sweet that not everyone has to hook up in these shows not every woman has to be the object or not every woman has to like be valued and opposite of this man but mm. in in this case just a wholesome friendship develop between these two characters at the end. I thought it was really cool. I'm going to go on, because we're almost out of time. I want to go on to what they could do in season four. A lot of people think that they should stop here. A lot of people make are thinking maybe they can't do anything else with the mind flare. We haven't even seen his final form. Mm. Right. We saw him confront Will and L more or less just fought back a tentacle at the end of season two. So I want to go into the movies that were used in this season, and then I want to talk about movies, presumably, that will be used in the next season. That will be the year later, 1986, which is a huge year for for, for, for horror films. Um, So in this movie, near the middle, they play back to the future. This show never puts in a movie without a reason. So at the end of this season, it's presumed that Hopper's killed, but... In the final scene before Joyce and Hopper blow up the machine that opens the gate, he's not there anymore. He's, there's a, the machine is overloaded so that Razor are blocking his escape. Mm. But right before Joyce kind of pulls the trigger to blow it up, he's not there anymore. And it's easy to see. I mean, I I, I had to watch it a second time to notice it, but he wasn't there. The, the epilogue of the show is, In Russia, they're still conducting experiments and the Russian says, who should we use next? Not the American, use the other one. So we're presuming that the American is Hopper. We're thinking about where he is, but using Back to the Future as a possible clue, when is he there? Mm -hmm. Is he the reason that the Russians learned about Hawkins to begin with? Who knows? So I want to go on to 1986. The biggest horror film of that year would be The Fly. Jeff Goldblum's movie, uh, David Cronenberg film, have you seen it? No. It is horrifying and disgusting. Just the body horror. And we should talk about the body horror in this. You've seen episodes one and two so far. I have. So you've seen, you've seen the part where the rats are just literally Exploding? turning inside out. Yeah. Totally gross. And there's more of that. I mean, the mind flare just becomes a mix of inside out rats and people and it's it's disgusting you really watch people fall down and just explode into goo Mm. sentient goo and so if they're going that way of gore and body horror next year would be the fly the fly deals with the Brundle character trying to create a teleportation machine. And as he goes into a machine, a fly goes in there with him, and he comes out the other side, and they've kind of merged together. And gradually he changes into this disgusting fly hybrid. So we talked about back to the future and how he could possibly possibly have been transported back in time. Could the fly be some weird thing where he's... Maybe becoming a hybrid of the Mind Flayer as he's being teleported from one place to another. Also, L at the end of this this show, she gets bit by the Mind Flayer, and there's something inside of her, an egg. After she gets it out, it negates her powers. Like she at the end of this season, she does not have power. she does not have powers anymore. So, again, could she be slowly changing into some sort of Mind Flayer that we've never seen before? Um, and could the other kids from Chicago come back from season two and come to her aid another movie I thought about was Poltergeist 2 have you seen the original Poltergeist no
0: nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like you're talking to I'm the sorry. wrong person <laughs>
1: so in that movie Carol Ann who was the child from the original Carol Ann her grandmother dies and spirits start to bother her family after that like her grandmother kind of either indire- indirectly or directly kind of kept them out So no, so now that L's powers are gone, and the Mind Flayer saw her as a, a mortal, mortal threat, uh, the Upside Down may start attacking in ways that we've never seen before, and in greater frequency and intensity. And also in the movie, the main ghost from Poltergeist to Kane is looking for a way to cross over uh, as the family had, they've removed televisions from the house. And Poltergeist, you know, they, the girl has a hand on, on, that, on that TV screen, and that's how they kind of get in. So in Stranger Things, the gate is closed, or at the very least, Elle and her, her crew have moved away from it. So how will the Mind Flayer cross over this time? In Poltergeist 2, Kane also kept the souls of his followers that, that died. So maybe the Mind Flayer has kept a Billy, so that'll maybe he'll come back in some form uh kane also pulls more people into the other side and see in in that movie and maybe the mind flare will pull more of the heroes into his realm this time uh season three was pretty much done on earth or in this in that in our in our dimension Hmm. we rarely really went into the other dimension this time so maybe season four will be more on his turf um and lastly the other big film would be one of my favorite films of all time if not my favorite film of all time, uh, *Aliens*. There was already a scene in season two that paid homage to *Aliens*, uh, when the soldiers went into the tunnels under I think Hess's farm, and they all got taken out one by one. However, I think there could be more to explore. Uh, the mind, the mind flare is the queen, and maybe we'll see its final form in season four. The Duffer Brothers have said they wanted, they they wanted season four to be the final one. They don't want horrible things to keep happening to these kids every summer um but yeah maybe this next season will be just an all-out war instead of just for one episode we talked about possibly um hopper and l becoming a hybrid but could l become the new queen is she hosting the mind flayer in her body to come out like in aliens 3 or in the alien films so those are some things that i thought about um If you all have any other ideas in the comments, let me know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm onto something. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's about it for this episode. If you want to find us on Facebook, find us at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We're also on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And we're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. Do you want them to find you?
0: I do not want to be found
1: that's fair <laughs> do any of us really
0: i'm undercover incognito
1: oh that's fair
0: <laughs> i got
1: warrants <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all peace
0: I- we are going to end you we are going to end your friends <laughs> and we are going to end
1: everyone